Miles goes flames in the garden as the Charlotte Hornets bounce back and beat the Knicks. Can they continue their winning ways? And LaMelo Ball was out with a non-COVID illness. We talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Check us out. The subscribers continue to ascend. We will be painting our faces in no time. Just check out Locked On Hornets on YouTube, and you can see us make fools of ourselves. You can also follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H, the show handle, at Locked On Hornets. We're going to be talking about Miles Bridges, who had a career day yesterday on MLK Day, scoring 38 points against the Knicks to help the Charlotte Hornets get back to their winning ways. 14 of 20 from the field, even had the three-point shot working for him, which has not been there as much as it was last year. Five of nine from beyond the perimeter has been a bull rushing to the goal. Five of five from the charity stripe, 12 rebounds, five assists. Man, did I miss anything, Doug? Because Miles Bridges was excellent yesterday. I know. He was pulling out all the stops, pulling out all the moves. No uh, LaMelo, which we'll get to in a moment. And it was clear from from the jump that the offense was going to move almost exclusively through him. Uh, now, obviously, Rozier had 18 attempts. Hayward had 16 attempts. There were other shot makers in this game. But the offense was flowing through Miles Bridges when he was on the floor, and he was on a, on the floor for a lot of this game. 38, uh, almost 39 minutes in this game. Uh, the starters played huge minutes. Cody, Cody Martin uh, is listed as playing 45 minutes. That's I mean, that's also pretty crazy. It is. Um, but yeah, Miles was great. Also, I feel like my chair is too high. Hold on one second, and we're good. There we Descend. go. Descend. Descend, Doug Branson. Come into the full frame for us, please. Uh, Miles Bridges was not descending. He was absolutely ascending last night or yesterday. It feels weird to say that it was a matinee game. You like those, man? I'm a huge fan. Give me afternoon basketball every time that you possibly can. And like, I guess for me, my schedule is one that works out pretty well with my live show usually going in the evening. So maybe it doesn't work out for everybody else as much. But I love being done with the Hornets game and then still having a like the rest of the day to just hang out and maybe think about the Hornets more so if you wanted to. I don't know. I just liked having more free time after a Hornets game. I think this is one of those things that was great when before I had a kid, mm -hmm. and now that I do have a kid, the matinee game, you have to sort of slide basketball into <laughs> your regular kid routine, uh, whereas uh, the games typically uh, are, are going to be at least the second half, the most important half, uh, is going to be post-kid bedtime. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is something that, that I navigated yesterday, but I was able – to watch most of this game. But that's, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, matinee game's great if you don't have kids. Uh, not so great if you do have kids. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know. Uh, I, I do know that they're pretty great right now that I don't have I'm the kids. only child that you have to deal with on a daily basis. It's true. It's the only one. I have, like a like I said, I have that six-month-old beagle puppy, and that's about it. You and the beagle puppy. Those are my two biggest yeah. childlike figures in my life. One more thing about Miles Bridges, Doug, I, I mentioned this yesterday too. Like he's just been playing so much more aggressively here lately and mm -hmm. he's been so much more physical. It's like a light bulb kind of kind of went off in his head. Oh, I'm stronger than everybody. 
And right. if I just make an effort to drive towards the basket pretty consistently, then I, I it's not that he's even going to the foul line a million times. And I went to go look up his stats, his game log, just to see how many times he was shooting free throws. You know, he had five last night, hit all five of them. But it's not like he's doing that. You know, he's not going to the line Joel Embiid-like or even anywhere close to it. You know, he's getting about five, I guess, a game. It's still a decent amount. But he's just finishing at the rim. The three-point shot was working for him a little bit yesterday, too. And so it was just an excellent game. But I feel like ever since Milwaukee, he's been going to the basket really hard, just playing angry. You get him in space, it's really hard to stop. You know, he's not Giannis, where he's the most devastating thing in open space that there is in the NBA, along with LeBron James. Giannis probably even more so at this career, at this point in his career. But Miles is pretty devastating himself, and even when you don't give him a ton of open space, if he can get by you just a little bit and get that shoulder past you, then he's going to put up, put up a decent shot. Like, it, it's going to be pretty decent at the rim, and I think you've seen that, and him kind of, okay, it, I need to make an effort to not settle for jumpers. You know, even if the three-point shot is working, which it was, I'm not going to completely abandon, uh, abandon driving, and that's what you have to love from what Miles is, uh, Miles is giving you. Yeah, the win against uh, Detroit, huge points per shot attempt. Milwaukee, the first win against Milwaukee, he was great. Kind of cooled off in that second win over Milwaukee. He had 17 points, but on 7 of 19 shooting. And then just average offensive games against Philadelphia and Orlando and then absolutely exploded here against New York. But the big things that are staying consistent is that he's a leader on both ends of the floor. Like he's playing defense along with playing offense. Like he's doing both. Uh, so he's not an exclusive offensive player and he can kind of switch roles. He can go into, all right, I'm going to be a number two or a number three piece in this game. And then you see he has the ability absolutely to completely take over. It's something we saw really early in, in this season, uh, the Miles Bridges offensive takeover experiment. And then it went away for a little while um, and now without LaMelo Ball, we see it come back again. And, and I think he's back in the – if he lost any ground in the most improved player conversation, I yeah. think he's gained it all back at this point. All-star too. I mean, not maybe not gained it all back, but he certainly has put himself on notice once again. Yeah. If you have that kind of performance in Madison Square Garden during a day game, that's going to be enough to get some eyeballs back on you. And you look at his – you say points per shot attempt. Just look at his overall shot attempts uh, uh, per game here recently, 16 – since that first game against Milwaukee, hasn't taken anything less than that. You yeah. look at the meat of the games in December, he was taking 11, 12, 14, 13. Like, it wasn't nearly as consistent, but ever since that first game against Milwaukee, it hasn't been anything less than 16. So he has kind of established himself as somebody that is going mm -hmm. to at least look for his shot. Speaking of somebody else that's a star on this team, LaMelo Ball. Kind of weird, Doug. Saw you put this out there, too. Ooh, weird. Yeah, LaMelo Ball during the I mean look it's not like you had a ton of time to try to figure out his designation for this game because it was a 1 p.m. tip and so as the day goes on LaMelo Ball is questionable entering this game against the Knicks because of a non-COVID illness and then eventually he was just downright out he was done Cody Martin entered the starting lineup there was a weird moment where LaMelo wasn't on the bench and then we saw LaMelo finally go along with his teammates as the game went on what do you make of this? Just Is it just, hey, non-COVID illness? Hopefully he gets ready for this next game that they have coming up on Wednesday. I'm honestly not sure what to make of it. I'm not going to dangerously yeah. uh, speculate. I tried to lead you down that road. <laughs> I put some pieces of candy on the trail. I'm, really, I'm, trying, I'm trying to resist all the urges. <laughs> uh 
to speculate about this uh, incident because it's a non-COVID illness. Um, yes, we didn't see him uh, out on the bench at first. It, it was sort of a thing where he was like available to play, but like it was like, is he going to play or is he not going to play? Non-COVID illness. I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, he was uh, obviously wasn't at the the, the pregame shoot around, but did shoot some um, at halftime. So, I mean, you hope that he was like just legitimately ill with something, and that uh, he's coming back, and it's not uh, sort of hidden disciplinary issue. Or, I mean, I don't even know if that's fair, if you can do that. If you can say non-COVID illness and it not be an illness, that feels like it would be some kind of NBA infraction uh, to list somebody uh, incorrectly on the sheet. Um, So I'm not going to go like full-blown conspiracy theory. I will say this. Things just seem weird right now around LaMelo Ball and the, the, the team in general. It just with the, I mean... I'm not I'm not the, the LaMelo Ball stand who's out here being like, oh, he needs to lead the team in minutes, blah, blah, blah. But it's clear that he's I mean, not playing the same amount of minutes as some of the other big stars on this on this team. And, and you feel like there has to be some reason behind that. And, and then this happens. And I think just things are kind of piling up at this point. And you're going, what's going on here? Man, you and I are both tagged. Locked on Hornets is tagged in a ton of different LaMelo Ball conversations involving the it's lack ma- of minutes for LaMelo. And it's like have- I'm going down a, like a dark web conspiracy theory. I mean, but I'm not going to – but look, again, I think these things are <laughs> – we, we just don't have enough information. What I'm saying is that if something were to come out, something legitimate were right. to come out, I wouldn't be – shocked i would not be flabbergasted mm-hmm. i would not be dumbfounded if there were some tensions that were eventually revealed because things just seem weird it's weird for a player to be listed with a non-covid illness not not be on the bench and there'd be no explanation about it after the game that's that's my thing like where's the explanation you know the thing is i want answers uh, rod boone said before the game actually took place that he wasn't feeling well this morning you know, that's that's what was happening or that and he tweeted that out yesterday. So I don't know what LaMelo is feeling, but, you know, he was like, I don't I don't know how you're supposed to act sick, but he was still jovial on the sideline when he was there. You know, I saw that he was signed a jersey for Julius Randall's kid, like still, you know, beat bopping around because LaMelo is just it really, you know, he's so much fun. He's all over the place. His personality is as big as it is on the court with his play. So we'll see what happens. I'm glad it's not COVID. I mean, I'm glad he's not going to, you know, have to miss time. I'm I'm desperately awaiting Kelly Oubre's return from the health and safety protocols. And and the NFL will do this too, though. And I, I don't remember any specific NBA instances of this happening, but the NFL, there have been times where this player is out to to COVID or non-COVID illness, then it does turn up to be COVID. But Lamella was just on the COVID list not too long ago. And and if you if you think it is that, then it would be malpractice to have yeah. him anywhere <laughs> yeah, near yeah. the team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the NBA wouldn't like that. I can't imagine James Brega would want that, especially. And so it's like at first, it's like, why isn't he with the team? And then he gets with the team. It's like, wait, well, if it is in danger of being COVID, then why is he with the team? So many questions and maybe no answers going forward. But we'll see what happens with Lamelo as I want goes on as the season goes on. Let's talk about Shopify because they give entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. You can synchronize 
optimize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first scale to full scale. Go to shopify.com slash NBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NBA right now. Shopify.com slash NBA. So good news, the Hornets beat the New York Knicks. The bad news over the weekend is the fact that they lost to the worst team in basketball. We'll talk about that upcoming on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So thank goodness, Doug, that they were able to beat the New York Knicks on the road in Madison Square Garden. Needed it. Yeah, you kind of did. And like, it's... It was awesome to see Charlotte beat Milwaukee twice. They beat the Philadelphia 76ers, so they got over that curse. That's over and done with. And then you're set up pretty well because then you have the Orlando Magic next, and they're Mm -hmm. the worst team in the league. They had seven wins coming into that game. And the Hornets, you know, it was tied. It was, you know, around the same score for much of the game. And then the fourth quarter happens, and... Hornets get down double digits, and I think you have a couple of threes from one McDaniels, and then I I forget, the uh, maybe it was like a Terry Rozier, bang, bang. Okay, this is where the Hornets go on their run to win a clutch time performance, but they didn't. Mo Wagner continues to hit threes, and the Orlando Magic end up beating the Charlotte Hornets and spoiling all of the good efforts that just took place the week prior. Now, they're able to get this win against the Knicks, so it's not all doom. We, we could have had a very doomy podcast here. Here here you go. Very doomy podcast, Doug. We could have had that on today's show. But they're able to beat the Knicks still, man. Like, you, you feel like you missed one against Orlando to let us feel the best of feelings we could have had on this Monday, on this Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, it was just such a, like, typical trap game, Orlando, coming off. coming off. They only had seven wins coming into that game. The Hornets had clobbered them earlier in the season, yet the Hornets were coming off those huge wins against Milwaukee. They finally get the, the you know the the win over Philadelphia to break the streak, and then you got this Orlando team, and you just I was just desperate for the Hornets to come in there with the maturity and the understanding of the moment and the understanding of the schedule and the opportunity, and to say, all right, here's our time to make a statement that we're taking care of business, and instead they got taken care of. In the fourth quarter, I mean, mm. this game wasn't this wasn't an example of a team. Sometimes it's a sort of any given day, you know, kind of mentality, make or miss league, whatever you want to call it in the NBA. Sometimes even a bad team is full of NBA level players that can come in and just have a hot shooting night, and knock you down. This is that's not what happened. That's what happened earlier in the season when they played Houston. Uh, that was another trap game that they lost, but Houston went on to win a ton of games. I guarantee you that Orlando is not prepped to do that. This was just an instance of one particular player, Franz Wagner. Hans and Franz really got us. Was it, what's <laughs> his brother's name? Up. Is it Hans? What's his? <laughs> it's Mo. <laughs> oh, whatever. Hans and Franz <laughs> just completely. You wanted dist- it so badly to be Hans. I did. I did. Uh, they pumped us up is what they did in the fourth quarter. Uh, just defensive breakdowns from players 
that shouldn't have defensive breakdowns. Like if you go back and watch that fourth quarter, it was Cody Martin, it was Miles Bridges having uh, to just terrible defensive breakdowns, and then you add on to the fact that they just have zero bench scoring right now. They miss Kelly Oubre even in the win against New York and some of these other wins. Ninety-seven past, points. Yeah. Past four games, Jalen McDaniels has been uh, awful. Not not been shooting well. No, he's no. He's, they they've had to rely on Ish Smith, and he has not shot the ball well. Cody Martin has shot it okay, but is not going to give you the same kind of volume uh, that Kelly Oubre does. Uh, so, I, I mean, they just desperately need Kelly Oubre back. And, I mean, that's my big takeaway from this Orlando game. The other one is the Hornets may be ready to get into the playoffs, but they are not yet ready to compete in the playoffs if that's what you're going to see from them against Orlando. Yeah, you brought – I mean, so as we talk about this Orlando game, they also just could not hit a shot late. Gordon Hayward was 7-14. of Miles Bridges was fine enough. LaMelo was fine enough overall. Terry took and missed a lot of shots in that one. You mentioned the lack of bench scoring. You know, McDaniels, like, seven points, three of six from the field isn't good enough. I'll tell you, the Walker front court all-stars with this team, they have not been playing well offensively the last few games. B.J. Washington has been ice cold here lately. One of six against New York, two of five against Orlando, one of six against Philly, two of ten in the second game against Milwaukee. Bad. The previous games, he was shooting really well, and of course, we've been giving him all of these passes because of his defense. And it's there. Like, you even saw it as the game went on against New York. I didn't think he was great first half defensively. Second half, I think P.J. turned it up a little bit. But the shot is not there for him. It's not there for Jalen McDaniels right now. They're undergoing cold streaks at the exact wrong time because Kelly Oubre's out of health and safety protocols, or he's out because of health and safety protocols. And you don't have that 16 a game that you could bank on. And, and and those guys aren't scoring like, yeah, that's tough. That's how you get 97 against New York. You know, 109 against the Magic, it's not awful, but it's not Charlotte Hornets offense. It's not 120 like we had become uh, accustomed to seeing. So it, it's been pretty brutal. You're right. Like, Kelly Oubre really would give this team a jolt right now in scoring. No, because he, he has that sort of son of a quality where he, like, He'll Kelly Oubre knocks down shots and makes the other team go, son of a, like, we can't get back into this game because, yeah, son of a bleep is what they say because they can't get back into this game because Kelly Oubre is knocking down shots. He's a demoralizer. That's what the Hornets are really missing. Again, even in the wins, the, even though they've been able to win some of these games, they've had to rely on, you know, the starters to play a lot better. Thank goodness they haven't played well recently. Um, and and they're finally back on track because they've had to be because if if you know the starters suddenly start regressing back to what they've been all season, then you're in trouble without Kelly Oubre. I mean, he is. I get why you don't want to call Kelly Oubre untradeable because that's a term that you like to associate with elite level players. But I would say on this particular team, in this particular moment, I don't want to see the Charlotte Hornets trade Kelly Oubre because he's bro he both proves his value in his presence and he proves his value in his absence. Well, and and this is interesting too because I saw us get tagged in one of these ESPN articles, Brian Windhorse. <laughs> Quit tagging us. We we see it, okay? <laughs> we, we've been we've been tagged a lot. How, I mean, this is a little bit different. Which yeah, I mean, I don't, honestly, it helps me with content. So whatever, um, <laughs> just keep tagging us a lot. Just, keep, hey, just you, keep doing Walker's job for him, please. I mean, please. He's that's not going to send you any money, but please do his no, job. No, that, that's fine. Hey, can you talk about this? Hey, glad maybe not, but. We'll give it a shot. We'll see if, if we don't have any content already planned. But I, we brought up 
this was over Christmas break, I believe it was over like that that Christmas holiday. Uh, we discussed some of the big guys you might consider trading for, not named Miles Turner. Nick Claxton is somebody that I brought up, and Brian Windhorst discussed that the Nets have been, you know, maybe kind of putting some feelers out there because he is a free agent next season, and he's been somebody that has certainly improved his value defensively, really versatile, you know, offensively has something to his game, is shooting very well from the field because he's shooting close to the basket really consistently. Either way, like that's somebody that might be the happy medium to we don't want to get rid of James Booknight in a first-round pick because the reports are that the Pacers want two first-rounders for Miles Turner or a first-rounder along with a really promising young player. Like, okay, this feels like Indiana putting something out there well before the trade deadline and no team is going to bite and they're eventually going to have to settle for something less if they truly want Miles Turner gone before the deadline. That's what all that feels like. Good luck getting that. But with a Nick Claxton, you know, is there a, like, McDaniels-Claxton swap with maybe a really protected, like, maybe a couple second rounders and a McDaniels for Nick? Because both of them are going to yeah. be free agents next season. Like, what? what is – we haven't talked All about right. the lower level but big impact type of moves. And I feel like that's something that is going to be kind of harder to figure out because we just haven't discussed it as much. Well, and I think, you know – it's it's difficult. Like I, I almost think that the clack the Claxton move that you mentioned there would be preferable because then you don't you don't lose depth because like the the exciting young player that would be that would be enticing even though he hasn't shot the ball very well over the past couple of games is PJ Washington. But if you trade PJ Washington for Miles Turner, you're still you're still one injury away from just being devastatingly bad, maybe even worse than you were before if Miles Turner gets hurt. Uh, then you legitimately don't have anyone behind Mason Plumley who can, who can uh, play that position. So play that position effectively, at least on the defensive end. So uh, I honestly think that 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 move might be preferable, and then you don't have to you don't have to move future picks. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fat, like I don't even know what what the Nets would be asking for 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 Nick Claxton because again, it's 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 not like it's not like you're saving big time money because. You, you know, you're not you're not loading his contract off. He's only making he's not even making two million this year. And the Nets so. are the Nets are sitting pretty. Like they don't have to do. That's the thing when you're negotiating with the Nets, they don't have to do any. They're not one of these other East teams like Milwaukee or Philadelphia or even Chicago that that may feel like they need to make a move to ascend. Like it's clearly the Nets and everyone else. Yeah, it seems like they they would just be not be able to pay Nick because they've got a ton of money on the books and they want to get something for him. And so they'd be like, well, we're going to lose him for nothing. Maybe you can hold that leverage against the Nets just a little bit, or maybe to your point, they don't necessarily care. They're not going to give in. We'll just go at it the rest of the season with one Nick Claxton as a center. That can really help us. Been out, I think, the last few games because of a hamstring injury, but nothing too long-term. Let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is an amazing energy bar, but it tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. It kind of serves as a little bit of a snack, a meal before, or you have to eat dinner or anything like that. If you're just really hungry, need something, need something that has substance but also tastes like candy. I'm telling you, Built Bar is great because not only do they have every single bar covered in 100% chocolate, but you have the intersection of chocolate and fruit like raspberry, banana, banana bread. If you want to dig into the dessert bars a little bit more, um, it's all fantastic. It's high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar as well. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. 
order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Also, visit BetOnline while you're at it. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action of 2022. So new year, new updated desktop, and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, you don't have to wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Doug was asked an interesting question from one of his friends about Miles Bridges and where he ranks in the Hornets pantheon. We'll talk about that next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. My uh, my fourth cousin twice removed is Gary Busey, who is considered one of the greatest American actors of all time. So Are I'm we totally, doing this? I've, I've got one to contribute. I, I, I don't. I, I was I was completely alive. But I, man, I fell for it. I really thought <laughs> he's just such a random name to bring up. <laughs> I thought Gary Busey was going to be it. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Glad we talked about it in the second segment, mentioning Kelly Oubre, the loss of him, and how badly the Hornets need some scoring, just period, but even just some bench scoring. Well, they just might get it on Wednesday night against the Boston Celtics. Kelly Oubre is now out of health and safety protocols. This reported real time about a couple of minutes ago. As You had me it out there. Yeah, he's out of health and safety protocols. He's out of health and safety protocols. But he's questionable for this game against the Boston Celtics. So who knows if he plays? I we want answers. There's availability. I know I don't you want, want questions. Answers. I stay, want answers. Stay tight with the Hornets, Doug. Just stay tight with them. They're going to be giving you all the answers, hopefully, as the week goes on. And maybe Wednesday, hopefully, we'll get to see Kelly Oubre back in the purple and teal. Another thing real quickly, I saw Jason Huber tweet this out. Michelob Ultra, they're introducing NBA cans for, I think, every single NBA team. I think the Hornets one is awesome. I think that one looks great. Budweiser did this. They were a little bit more classic with the old school Hornets logo at the top. I thought Budweiser knocked it out of the park. But this one, it's loud, baby. Like, I know Michelob Ultra, they're going to need to put some loud stuff on their can to make it attractive um, for you to go maybe purchase it. But it looks very, very good. Hats off to Michelob Ultra. Oh, you got a mention of ball in there. You've got the uh, blue line. You've got some neat, a uh, couple of neat little things. I don't know what the f- – I'm missing the feather. I don't understand what the feather means. Yeah, no feathers on the Hornets. No, I don't, I don't know. That's a, well, like that's that. got to be an allusion, an allusion to something Charlotte, but I don't know what it is. But anyway, yeah, cool can. Yeah, it is a very cool can. So shouts to Mick Ultra for the can. All right, let's get to your buddy's question, Doug. What did your buddy ask you over the weekend that had you a little perplexed for the future? Well, so he saw Miles Bridges, and uh, he he knows that Miles Bridges is in contention for most improved players. Saw him drop 38 in the garden, as a lot of people did, checking in on the Hornets. Career high for Miles Bridges, almost has the 40-burger. So he wondered aloud – is Miles Bridges a top 10 player in Hornets history? I quickly told him, uh, no, he's definitely not a top 10 player in Hornets history. But it got me thinking, Walker, what would it take for Miles Bridges to become a top 10 player in Hornets history? 
Yeah, it's an interesting question, and I think you're kind of asking me to bring up my top 30 Hornets list. That was the <laughs> I first. Not, I think no, it is. I'm not it, asking I, you that, to do that, that because what's that? Uh, you, it got you flamed when list? you it got flamed when you brought it out the first time. Hey, that's what lists are made for, Doug. It's not just my list. Mine was fantastic. It's that all list. They all get destroyed. Miles Bridges is somebody that does not appear in the top 10 right now, but. I think it always comes down to really one question as if you have a shot to be on this list. It's longevity. And you don't even have to be amazing to be a top 10 player. Well, no, Charlotte because because the pool, the pool isn't deep. And that's what I told my friend. It's like, it's not terribly ridiculous that you asked that question. It's a little ridiculous, but not mm-hmm. terribly ridiculous because the pool is not deep. Now, if Miles Bridges at this moment were a top 10 Hornets player of all time, that would be uh, pretty embarrassing uh, for the Hornets franchise in general. Luckily, there are 10 players, uh, and possibly maybe even 15, that are better than Miles Bridges' career at this point. All right, let's revisit it, because uh, as this was the first project I ever took on as a host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and uh, I don't like the list even myself. I understand why some of the people got mad at this list. If there's one big change I would make towards the top, I would flip LJ and Alonzo. Like I was so by my arbitrary rules, it was my list. I was unapologetic about that. But even with my messed up rules, I have Alonzo second. I'd put that to third. I like Larry Johnson is second, and I apologize to the people. I was in ruffling some feathers that are on the Michelob Ultra Hornets can. Number one is Kimball Walker. Two, I'd put LJ now, but it was Alonzo. Three is LJ. Like Muggsy, Glenn Rice, Del Curry, Baron mm-hmm, Davis, mm-hmm, Gerald mm-hmm, Wallace, Al mm-hmm, Jefferson, mm-hmm, Anthony Mason. Mm-hmm. They're all ahead of Miles Bridges, and that's who I have as the top 10 Hornets list right yeah, now. Yeah, no, there's an argument for Big Al. There's an argument for Mash's uh, brief brief run. I'll make the argument. I, yeah, maybe I know there's you not, were mad. There's not a huge argument, but I'll make the argument The Mash. Well, here's, here's why, and this, is, this sort of leads this into the Miles Bridges conversation. What Miles needs is either to be good to really good for a long period of time. So he's going. He's the Hornets are going to have to offer him what looks like a max contract at this point, and and he's going to have to accept it and stay in Charlotte for you mm-hmm. know four or five more seasons of this level of production. So avoiding injury and producing what he's producing now, not over his career, because if you look at his career numbers, twenty eight minutes per game, forty six point six field goal percentage. Uh, three-point percentage is 34.7, points per game 12.3, rebounds 5.5. Like, that's not – the only top 10 that I'm just scrolling through the career leaders for the Hornets, the only top 10 I'm seeing is three-point field goals and three-point field goal attempts. He's number 10 on that list. Which has obviously Uh, changed because the game has changed. Right, the game's changed. That's not necessarily a reflection of – of uh, Miles Bridges' prowess necessarily, so he he's got some work to do that would that would uh, necessitate him being with the franchise, or or he needs an accomplishment. That's yeah, the thing. Right. Like I put Mash up there because Mash led helped lead some teams that were like almost Eastern Conference finalist contenders. Yeah, J- Jamal Jamal was fun, man. The reason I put him at 15 at the time, and I don't have a huge problem with it. I it's it's a little it's a little low, and I get it, but I still. Have no problem just because the longevity wasn't as much, and it's not like that team was full of of 
awesome dudes. Like David Wesley had the longevity. You know, Baron Davis was awesome. He's a top 10 Hornet. I don't think there's any doubt about that with the time that he was here. But if you look at like the top 10 overall, I feel like most people maybe want to disagree with the order. But top 10, I feel pretty good about the players that are listed there. Al Jefferson, All-NBA, Bobcat Savior with a franchise that had been Leads a awful. couple of categories for yeah. the Hornets. Anthony, Anthony Mason, man, awesome player, underrated. Weird Hornets time, but Anthony Mason, kind of a do-it-all type of guy. I, I think top 10 there, maybe you want to argue whatever. Um, man, was, was he an all-star with the Hornets? I think he was, and I think that's an accomplishment that he was able to reach during his career. Gerald Wallace, B. Diddy, Del Curry, sixth man of the year, ambassador, and one of the best shooters of all time. Glenn Rice, Muggsy Bogues is the only one that didn't have this crazy sense of accomplishment, but was a part of the most successful Hornets teams too, and just a huge novelty, man. Like, when you're the shortest player in NBA history, oh, and you're actually good, like you're a good, legitimate starting NBA point guard, then you're going to be in the top five, especially off popularity. Like, Miles Miles has a shot. You know, LaMelo is clearly going to be in the top ten list as long as he stays mm -hmm. here, right? He's, like, already, well, he's already in uh, – he's number four on the triple doubles list already with three. Right. Uh, Mason has seven. Batum had five. Larry Johnson had five. LaMelo and Baron Davis right now tied at three. Yeah, like LaMelo's not an interesting conversation. We, we've talked about him. It, we're, we're, the, the question about LaMelo is – does he become the best Charlotte Hornet of all time? Lamelo could. I think Lamelo is going to be top ten without, even if he doesn't re-sign. Like even right. if he doesn't have sort of the seven or eight years. Yeah, like give give Lamelo three four years, he's probably top ten unless yeah. he does something Zoe like spurn the franchise. People are pissed about it, can't get over it, and then they want him out. But, but even, even so, even so, even so, well, after doing that, it tops the list. Well, I know, but people weren't happy about it. <laughs> you know, sure. like they, they they don't want Zo in there. But even with that being said, like the the interesting conversation about Lamelo is, does he get number one? When does he get number one? Does he sign a second contract, and how long does he stay? Like with Miles, the the point being, there's an absolute shot for Miles to be top ten. Um, with his the Hornets have to sign him, and in. he has to accept that. Yeah, he does. And yeah. that's, a, that, that's a big question mark at this point. Hey, before we go, do you want some fun top 10 stat? You know, just going through these top 10 stats, always. do you want some fun stats? Always, always, always. Uh, uh, <laughs> Billy Hernan Gomez leads a lot of these. Player efficiency rating, offensive rebound percentage, yeah. defensive rebound percentage. Billy Hernan Gomez at the top of the list. Dwight Howard's one season tops a lot of the effective field goal percentage. Uh, let's see. Uh, he leads field goal, just regular old field goal percentage. Uh, one of the more, uh, those are kind of just weird because they only played a few seasons. Well, and, and PER is like a, a big man stat. Like Boban Marjanovic is somebody that's like one of the best, has the best PER ever or something like that. Something crazy anyway. The two stats that are, I think are going to be really difficult for anyone to overcome. Ex well, one, I think LaMelo will have a shot at, and that's value over replacement player VORP. Kimball Walker is 24.8 uh, over Gerald Wallace at 19.1. That's a huge gap. And then defensive win shares. Would you like to take a guess at who leads the, the uh, 
Charlotte franchise in defensive win shares? Well, I mean, my two guesses, it would be Zoe and it would be Gerald, who is one of like four players ever to average over two blocks and two steals for a season. And I know that season alone probably got him a decent amount because they love they love the the block and the steal stats. So I'll go with both of those as my guesses. Yeah, Zoe's not even in the top 10. It's Gerald Wallace at 25.5. The next player down is Kimba Walker at 17.3. And so that's a huge, that's a humongous gap. And Kimba had to play here forever to get to 17.3. So I don't know if that one's going to get touched. There was another interesting stat that I wanted to mention. Oh, just um, total defensive rebounds. Kimball Walker is fourth on that list at yeah. 1968, <laughs> above Cody Zeller, above Anthony Mason, above Biz. Uh, it's just incredible that Kimball was here for so long and and did so many great things that uh, he's fourth all time on defensive rebounds. And we and we can't end the show without mentioning Miles and Kimba's moment at Madison Square Garden. Okay, the interview, yeah, the, the interview with Ashley Shamady. Kimball Walker going over there to Miles, them having a big-time moment. Ashley having the presence of mind. Obviously, you're going to ask that question, but still allowing them to do that. Camera gets to see it. We're all teary-eyed at home as Charlotte fans. She even you know, mentions, hey, this is a special moment for the city of Charlotte. So shouts to Ashley for recognizing that and kind of touching home where the feeling was. And then Miles said, yo, that was my mentor. That's somebody that I really respect. And, and saying we need this in 15 again. We need this Hornets jersey in 15. So pretty cool moment to end that next game. Well, and you think about it, like the, the leap that Miles had between his – rookie season to his sophomore season to his junior season and to now like I think that starts by playing with a uh, with a Kemba like player like if Miles gets drafted and there's not that player on the team who has that level of dedication and and can be an example I'm not saying it's impossible for a player to exist within that that sort of framework and be successful but I think it'd be really difficult and I think I think uh, Miles Certainly, it's nice that Miles understands that, that he's like, yeah, I got to play with that level of player, and that meant a lot to me. So that's a yeah, super cool moment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, remember the Avengers, they would all have dinner. It was Kimba, and then it was like the young players, Devontae Graham, Dwayne Bacon, Miles, Malik Monk, all of those guys. It was like the Avengers list where Kimba was was you know the leader of that team. Pretty cool to see him actually do that, and Miles still have so much respect for a guy like Kimba and vice versa. All right, make sure you make your second listen, Locked On Bets, after your first listen is Locked On Hornets. Your Locked On Bets is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. So Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You have a game against the Boston Celtics tomorrow between them and the Hornets. Wes Bryant should be joining us for Wes Wednesdays. We'll talk all about it. Join us tomorrow on the Locked on Hornets podcast.